0: i sorry excited to be able to chat to you uh, today. I love what you guys are doing as a church. Um, I love your leadership team uh, and several of the guys in the church that I know. And uh, I love what you're doing out in the community. And I also love the way that you've innovated uh, online as we've been in this uh, coronavirus crisis for so many weeks now. It seems like forever. But it's great uh, to connect and to chat with you for the next few minutes or so. And I want to talk to you about living an open life. And you might say, hang on a minute, we're in lockdown." you know, how can we live an open life? And maybe many of us are waiting for life to open up. And whether you're a person of faith or not, um, you know, whether you're exploring faith, you might be thinking, yeah, that's all very well and good. When life opens up, then we'll live an open life. But I actually want to challenge that thought because, you know, Jesus actually came. The Bible says to give life and life in all of its fullness. And no matter what's happening around us, actually, Jesus is calling us to live an open life. And uh, one of the writers in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, a guy called Paul, he writes to a church in a place called Corinth. And it says this from the Message Translation in 2 Corinthians 6. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. And the thought that I have for you today is this. You only have one life to live, so why not open it up? You only have one life to live, so why not open it up? And I want to go to one of my favourite stories about Jesus. It's like a kind of go-to story for me. I've been going to it so many times these last few months and years. And I want to just show you a few of the characters in this story and see who you identify with as we talk about what it means to live an open life. Um, So it's in Mark chapter 2 and it's verse 1 to 12. So Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 to 12. I'll just read the story to you. A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he'd come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out. Listen to this, in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let me just say a few things and introduce some of the characters to you. Firstly, this man was open. This man, the paralysed man, lived an open life. And you might think, well, hang on a minute. Surely he didn't. His life looked locked down. His life looked closed. And his life looked locked down for two main reasons. Firstly, stigma. You see, to, to be a, a man paralysed like this, uh, there was a stigma. It wasn't just a physical thing he had to cope with. It was a social stigma. And so the people said, who sinned here? Who did something wrong? Was it, his, was it him or, or, was it, or was it his, his parents? So there was a stigma, but also there was a restriction. This man lived on a mat, three foot by six foot. That was the lockdown situation that he lived in. His body, his situation, his circumstances made his life appear closed. And in many ways they were. But you know, I think this man was also open because he heard that Jesus was in town and there was something inside of him that says, even though my restrictions appear to close my life down, actually I'm opening my mind to the expectation that maybe Jesus could change my circumstances. He's opening his mind to a dream. He's opening his mind to a possibility that something could change you know, I come from a town called Hales Owen and, and some of you never even heard of Hales Owen, have you? No, you haven't. In fact, when, when I say to people, where, where do you live? I say outside Birmingham, because everyone knows of Birmingham. We're about eight miles outside of Birmingham. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Dunstable feels like that. I've never been to Dunstable. Maybe you say outside Luton. <laughs> maybe I've offended somebody. I don't know. But you know, uh, several years ago, um, we were approaching a big anniversary as a church and one of our guys found a tweet on Twitter and it said that, this. Hail Zone is the place where dreams go to die. And you know what? When we read that tweet, we said, you know what, no way. We are not allowing that kind of statement about our town to close us and to restrict us. We wanna live openly. So when we came to the celebration, we we had hundreds and hundreds of people from our church and from the wider community for a community day. And we got loads of balloons and we said, hey, someone's written this this tweet about how Zoe, but whether you're a person of faith and in the church or not, we don't believe that about our town and we wanna... We want to get a different narrative going. So we encouraged everybody, whether they were a Christian or not, to write their dream for the town of Hal Zoe on on a piece of card. And we attached it to a balloon and we let literally thousands of balloons up in the air. And after that, in the next few months and years after that, we've seen God do some amazing stuff in and through the church and in and through the community. You see, because I think living an open life is about changing the narrative inside of our head. Yes, we're in lockdown, but that doesn't mean life is locked down because Jesus came to bring life and life in all of its fullness. And I know that you at the ComChurch, you believe that for your community as well. No matter what other people might tweet or say about your community, you're not gonna let that narrative shape you. And that is so, so important. But this man was also open, not just because he imagined a different future, but also he lived an open life because he asked for help. He could have had a dream to say, hey, if I get to Jesus, my life can change. But he knew the dream was not enough. He needed some help. He needed some of his friends to get him to Jesus. And he he was open enough to ask for help. Close people don't ask for help. Open people do. And maybe if you're watching this right now, whether you're a Christian or not, maybe you know that there's a situation in your life and you, and you know somehow inside of you Jesus can help, but maybe you need some other people to get you closer to Jesus. You know, I, I love this quote by a guy called Irwin McManus and he said this, Your greatest strength is not when you can prove that you don't need anyone. Your greatest strength is when you no longer have to prove you can do it alone. Guys, one of the most open things you can ever do is ask for help. I can't tell you how many times I have wept when I've had a married couple come into my office or or in a coffee shop and they start talking to me and they start saying our marriage is in trouble. And as they begin to talk about it, I think, why didn't you come sooner? Your marriage is so far in trouble now, it's going to take a miracle to turn it round. And I just—I say to people all the time, "Hey, weakness is not saying I need help. Weakness is pretending you don't need help." And guys, even in lockdown right now, if you are in trouble, if you're a married couple, if you're—if you're maybe you're, you're you're single and you're, or maybe you're a person and you're and you're battling with addiction or or, or some kind of uh, situation. Don't do it on your own. That's weakness. Strength is when you say, hey, I don't want to live a closed life. I want to live an open life and I'm going to ask for help. And I'd really encourage you. You have a great church here, a great community of people that would love to come alongside you and help you. You only have one life to live. So why not open it up? But the second thing I want to say is this, the friends were open as well. These four friends, we don't know their name. We don't know the name of the guy, but we don't know the name of these four friends. But they were open as well. They lived an open life. You see, what do great friends do? Well, they carry you when you can't carry yourself. Secondly, they, they crash through barriers on behalf of you. You know, they, 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 they carry this guy on the long road. They push through the crowd. They broke through the roof. They make an opening when there wasn't one. I love that when it says that they open the roof. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then ultimately what great friends do is they get you closer to Jesus. You know, I'm gonna say to you guys, if you're a follower of Jesus, You know, make sure that you have some great friends in your life because great friends always take you closer to Jesus, not further away. And you know, if you have a friend who's not a believer, then you want to take that friend closer to Jesus, don't you? Because you love that friend and you want the best for them. And you know that a relationship with Jesus is the best thing for them. But maybe you have a friend who's going in a dangerous direction. If you have a friend that you care about going in a dangerous direction, challenge them. Encourage them to walk closer to Jesus. You know, sometimes I think we don't speak because we value the friendship more than we value the friend. I want you to open up. Open people, find ways to open the way to God for their friends. Open people, find ways to open the way to God for their friends And they carry their friend to Jesus and they realise that they can't get in. Those people are too big. There's too many people, not the people are too big. I mean, there might have been big people there as well, but there there was too big of a crowd. And so they can't get through. And I can imagine one of the four, maybe the one with the gift of leadership saying, okay, boys, we need an idea. No idea is a bad one. Let's have some ideas. And then maybe the younger one, the one with tattoos says, I know, let's go on the roof and let's make a hole in the roof and lower him down. Maybe the leader said, well, you know when I said no idea is a bad idea, that's a bad idea. But anyway, they went with it and they went, can you imagine the scene? There's Jesus talking, maybe maybe like I am right now, sitting here and, and just imagine that as Jesus is talking to this crowd in the room, in the house, there's a few flakes of something fall on his head and he looks up and he, and he sees a finger poking through a hole in the roof and it's like a comical scene and and then that gets a little bit bigger and and the finger becomes uh, a few fingers and it becomes a fist and then it appears and there's a face appearing and then there's four faces appearing and then there's a paralysed man on a mat being lowered. I mean, that messes church up, doesn't it, guys? I mean, we all think it, we all know what to do. We all think it's all, you know, we've got it all sorted. And all of a sudden, there's a hole in the roof and a paralysed man is dropped. And all of a sudden, there's mess and there's chaos. Can I just say, where there's life, there's always mess. Where there's life, there's always mess. And I don't mind the mess if it's life. And as this guy is dropped down, these four friends, the Bible says that Jesus looked at them and he saw their faith, not the faith of the man, but the faith of the four friends bringing their friend to the feet of Jesus. And I love that. And it says, um, it says uh, so they dug a hole in the roof. They made an opening. That's what open people do. They make an opening to get their lives, uh, to get their friends to the feet of Jesus. The New King James Version says, when they broke through, come on. Do we wanna break through something for our friends to meet Jesus? And they took a risk, they took a risk. And it's so important that we take a risk. You know, one one of the questions, have you ever taken your kids out for a long drive? And one of the questions that you ask your kids before they get in the car is this, Come on, tell me, what is it? Yeah, have you been to the loo? Uh, and where we're from in the black country, we have a phrase, I don't know whether this is, is down for you southerners or not, but we, whenever we say, have you been to the loop? If they say, I don't want to go, then we always say, have a try, have a try. We always say that. In fact, in our church, that's language that we use. You know, we, we say, hey, let's have a try. Let's take a risk. Let's have a go. And uh, that's why um, uh, five years ago when we had a fire that destroyed our auditorium and, and then we had that whole tweet thing and how's Own is the place where dreams got to die. And we said, no, it isn't. Coming off the back of that, you know, we went in to become a multi-site church. We're now one church in four locations, including one overseas. And we didn't know how to do that. We still don't in lots of ways, but we're just having a try. We don't want to live closed lives. We want to live open. And ultimately, what makes our heart beat is we want our friends who don't know Jesus to be brought to the feet of Jesus so that they will get a relationship with Him. So I want to say something to you. I want to ask you two questions. Do you have friends like this? You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Do you have friends that get you closer to Jesus? Or maybe some of your friends are pulling you further away. And, And then here's this, are you a friend like this? Are you a friend that wants to get your friend closer to the feet of Jesus? Guys, we've got an amazing opportunity, even in lockdown, to live open lives. And I know, because I watch what you guys do online, you're doing some amazing stuff. But I want to encourage you, Calm Church, invite as many friends as you can to tune in. We have never had an easier time to invite friends to church as we have now online. We've seen some amazing stuff with people. In fact, um, I'm filming this just after I've um, done a, a talk for us for a live stream here at our church. And, and just as I finished, I had a text from a guy in the church, a businessman. And he, said, and he sent me a screenshot uh, that he just had on his phone. And it's from his HR manager at work who he'd invited to church. And she says, I've tuned in every week and I'm loving it. And God is moving in my life. It's so good. We had a message from a lady that said, uh, online church has given me a row behind the back row. And now I hope that I can move a few rows forward. And every single week we've had people connected in like you have. Guys, this is the season. If you've got friends that you care about, the biggest thing that we can do, the best gift we can ever give them is an invite maybe so that they could meet Jesus. You only have one life to live. So why not open it up? But thirdly, there's some other characters in this story and they were the leaders and the leaders were closed. Their mindset was closed. Their expectation was closed. And you could tell that because of the interaction between Jesus and these leaders. The Bible calls them scribes and Pharisees. You know, the problem with closed-minded people is that often their mouths are open. That's the problem with closed-minded people. Their mouths are always open, you know, and you see it on social media. And we live in a social media world that seems to be shouting a lot right now at the moment. And you know, and often you, you, you can see that in closed-minded. But unfortunately, it's true that in churches, sometimes we can be closed in our mind as well. And Jesus challenges these scribes and Pharisees because they're taking him to task over what he's doing and over what he's saying. And they're not seeing the person. They're not seeing the need. They're not seeing the humanity. They're not seeing the, the mission that God has to restore all people to himself. And in another uh, book, the the book of John, um, uh, it says that Jesus said to guys like this, you diligently study the Scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the Scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You see, what religious people do is is they talk about life, but they don't have the life. And it's like something happens to their heart. It's like concrete is poured over their heart. And what religious people do who have closed minds is it's like... um, that their hearts are so hardened that they watch, but they don't engage. They observe, but they don't invest. They look only looking to find fault. And, guys, I want to say to you, closed minded people often think that they're open, but they're not. And we see that in our secular culture as well, but we also see it in the church. And sometimes, closed minded people, what they do is they fight the wrong battles. The film X, X-Files, there was an old film and, and, and it ended up with a declaration at the end and, it, and, and the declaration was this, fight the future. I think that's a terrible declaration. I don't think we should fight the future. I think we should fight for the future. And you know, and I think, I think guys at the moment, and I wanna say to you, Church, I, I just believed as I was praying for you that as well as, as a personal word for some of you, I think there's something for you as a whole church. In this season, while we're in lockdown, While you're having a try, while you're experimenting, while you're trying to to do new things, don't close in on that. Don't allow yourselves just to kind of go back to the old normal because I think God doesn't want us to go back to the old normal. I think He wants us to stay open. I think there's some treasures in the darkness of lockdown that we're experiencing. And when we begin to to think about and and, reimagine and reframe what church should look like, don't let's try and go back just to the old. Let's take the good things from the old, but let's stay open to all that Jesus wants for us for the new. Maybe in this season of lockdown, God is wanting to open us to new ways of thinking, to open our lives, to open our minds, to open our expectations for the future. You know, you only have one life to live. Why not? Open it up. Why not open it up? And then finally, I want to say this man who was restricted, who was in stigma, who was paralysed, who in many senses lived a lockdown life. He had an openness because he could dream. He had an openness because he could ask for help. And at the end, this this, this, this guy was living an even more open life. The Bible says he walked out in full view of them all. You see, when we live open lives, guys, then what God does is He opens our life up even more and that becomes a testimony to the world around us. The answer to any dimension of our life that is closed is an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life and life in all of its fullness, even in lockdown. In your marriage, God wants to open up your marriage In your health situation, God wants to open up His healing. Even if you're not healed physically, God wants to open up something to you. You know, one of my heroes, um, Christian heroes, is a lady called Johnny Erickson Tarder. In fact, I had the privilege of playing the piano. I'm a musician for her many, many years ago. And um, I met her and I'd read her books. I'd read her autobiography. I'd read her books. And as a young 17-year-old, Johnny um, uh, uh, dived into a lake and it was too shallow. And and as she dived into the water, she hit the bottom and and she came out. She she went in as a bright, beautiful 17-year-old with all of her life in front of her. As she came out of the lake, she she came out as a quadriplegic And was in a wheelchair and over these years has learned to to paint and learned to write and learned to communicate. And and she's been in this wheelchair for years and years, decades. She's been prayed for healing many, many times. And God hasn't healed her physically. But she hasn't allowed that to restrict her. She's lived an open life. Even though you'd say, well, how could you say that's open? You're, 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 You're in a wheelchair. You're going nowhere. But she's lived an open life. And she said this. She said, this wheelchair became the prison that set me free. You see, living an open life isn't about our external circumstances. It's about our internal narrative. It's about our internal attitude. It's about our outlook, which can always shape and affect our outcome. And so I want to say to you guys, this man walked out in full view of them all. When we live open lives, we'll live out that open life in full view of the world around us. So as I finish, you only have one life to live, so open it up, open it up. Maybe today you're someone who would say, hey, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you are watching online because someone invited you. Maybe you're in that row behind the back row. Well, I wanna say to you, you can take a step forward. Maybe you're not ready to say a big yes to Jesus, but maybe you could say a little yes to Jesus. Or maybe you could just say a maybe. Maybe. And maybe I'll come back or maybe I'll have a conversation. Maybe you are ready right now to give your life to Jesus. To open up and to say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to have life in all of its fullness. Then you can do that. The guys here at Calm Church would love to help you with that. And they'll talk to you about how you can do that. Or, or maybe you're a, you are a follower of Jesus, but you know that you're living a closed life. Maybe you need help right now. I would want to encourage you, open up. Weakness is not trying to do it all on your own. Weakness is when you say, hey, I don't need anyone else. Hey, show strength, open up, ask for help. Or maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you look around in your world and you know that there are people, friends, family, neighbours, work colleagues, and they desperately need Jesus. Why don't you live an open life by inviting them online, by investing and inviting and sharing who you know and what you know about this incredible God called Jesus. I wanna pray for you guys today. And I wanna pray for you as a church and I wanna pray for you as an individual. And I wanna encourage you and challenge you. Don't live a closed life. You only have one life to live. Open it up. Let's pray. Jesus, I wanna thank you so much that you came, that we'd have life and life in all of its fullness. And Lord, I wanna pray right now, if there's anyone watching this and they know that there's an area of their life which is closed, God, I pray that you would give them the courage to open up to ask for help, to invite you in.